Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I am sitting here with a new old friend, Kelsey Chapman. Um, And I say new old because I actually was first introduced to Kelsey. I want to say about two and a half years ago, I was in a really small coaching group, this aspiring authors coaching group. And Kelsey came on one month as our guest expert. And I remember her name and her wisdom and followed her along the way. And now I feel like it's this full circle moment to get Kelsey on my podcast. I'm really excited to hear about her new book that's coming out. And it's always fun for me when I have these interviews where we get to chat a little bit ahead of time and find out different things we know about each other. And one of the things that we have in common is that Kelsey has been involved with Young Life. And um, that's a huge part of my story. My husband is on full-time Young Life staff. And if you don't know what Young Life is, don't Google it now, but you can later. Uh, And we will start talking about that a little bit as well. But um, it's just really fun to be able to have this conversation with her. And so uh, Kelsey's new book, What They Taught Me, is all about mentorship. And really, it is about relationships. And even if we never use the official word mentorship, uh, we are all in relationship. We all have people to pour into and people pouring into us. And sometimes... This happens really naturally and sometimes we need to be a little more intentional about it. So Kelsey is going to talk to us a little bit more about how we can do that. So Kelsey, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Thank you so much for having me. It's so fun to see things come full circle because that's really, I mean, I know you were in the Aspiring Writers Program, but that's also like not long after I got started on working on my proposal and, um, you know, it's a three and a half year process to get this book baby out into the world. And so I was in it too. And so it's fun to be here together today. Um, A little bit about me. I am always a girl who loves input and guidance from people around me, whether that's a mentor or a peer. And so even my business is built on like, hey, I'm going to learn something and I'll tell you everything I know, because that's really my heartbeat. I have had these women invest in me. They have passed along their wisdom that they learned the hard way, the long, hard way, and it shortcut my process to get to where I want to go. And so I was so impacted by that. It was pretty natural for me to also step into that role. And I realized when you're in the role of mentor, it's not just about pouring out. You're getting so much from it too. I mean, we share so much in common with our background in young life, but like loving those girls, I'm going to visit my young life girls this week, you know, like they forever changed my life. They're like my sisters. They taught me how to love. They taught me so much as I taught them. And so, um, that is what I'm about. I love women investing in women. I mean, if you're a man out there too, invest in each other, but you know, my sweet spice is the girl, the girl crew, um, but that's a little bit about me and my heartbeat. Well, I love that. I love that you uh, shared this phrase where you said they helped shortcut my process. And I don't think we, 
necessarily think about mentorship in that way, but really that's so much of what it is. It's me asking somebody who's gone ahead of me, hey, can you tell me a bit about, like I've, I've chatted with women and say, I've said, hey, I'm, I'm new to this motherhood thing. Teach me some things. And they can teach me often based on their, um, you know, quote unquote, mistakes that they've made or lessons that they've learned. Um, and because they share that with me, it shortcuts my process, right? So um, I no longer have to go the long way around, learn all those hard things. And we think about that sometimes with a coach or somebody who is a paid for quote unquote mentor. We wouldn't always think about it in this way. And I know we're, we can dive into that a little bit later on, but really that's a, that's a lot of what it is, whether it's somebody who is a giving us spiritual guidance, um, whether it's somebody who is helping us with our business or our fitness or finances, mentors help us shortcut the process. So I really love that because this, this series, I really want to talk about helping women um, get stronger and thrive right where they're at. And that's going to be a big thing is identifying people in our lives who can really help us get there. Yeah. I mean, for me, my, my mentors help me navigate really hard parts of my life. Um, and, and by inviting them in shortcut, the distance became one of my favorite phrases as well, because I just started reflecting, especially as I started writing these stories down, you know, at first it's like, Oh, I just know Kay impacted me. I know Lucy impacted me. And, and you know, I have friends ask me about why I have these mentors all the time. And, you know, I think it'd be natural to write it down in a book, but it wasn't until I actually started doing the work of fleshing those stories out and writing them down and, and hammering out the tangibles of their lessons that I realized, wow, they shortcut a lot of time in my life because I would have, you know, fumbled my way through and it might have stretched a year long lesson for me into a five year long lesson for me. And that's fine. It's, it's okay to do that. And sometimes we need to learn the lessons the long, hard way. And I probably am teaching lessons I'm learning the long way to girls a few steps behind me. But if I can shortcut the distance, I mean, I'm an Enneagram seven. So if I can avoid pain, tell me everything, you know, okay. (laughs) Well, I think, like I said earlier, I think sometimes we we get a bit lazy when it comes to mentorship and we just kind of expect things to just happen. And I know for me, when I've been in a moment of struggle, I've had to sometimes look around and say, okay, who has gone before me? Who has, I'm walking through this particular, either whether it's a a negative thing or a positive, right? So in terms of a, a place of pain where I need to reach out to somebody who's walked through that same thing or similar, we just talked about this aspiring authors group where it was like, I feel this, nudge my heart to write, I know nothing. And so in that case, it was something I signed up for that I paid money for, uh, for somebody to mentor me. And there was fruit for hands down that shortcut the process for me, because there was somebody who said, this is a place that you are like, you need to grow in this spot. This is what you have to do. You need, rather than me hoping I would just stumble upon the right thing to do. Um, so I would say for people in the season, if you're like, just identifying, what are those places? Where are you wanting to go? Who do you already know who could speak into that? Or who have you come across? Like you share even having an online mentor really 
um, it's not always the people who are right in our backyard. Sometimes it's people who have come up, popped up on a Facebook ad. And I know I've, I've had that as well. Yeah, totally. Well, just like what you're saying with the aspiring authors group, sometimes you look around your life and you're like, I, I don't really know anyone who's charted this territory. And I'm going to have to go find that person, whether it's positive or negative. Writing a book is certainly a dream coming to life, a very positive, exciting season. But there's a lot of nuances to it. And I was like, God put the right person in front of me to help me navigate this. And he did. And so I think for me, when it came to, to building a business, I didn't have anyone in my life who had built an online business. I actually had a lot of small business owners in my life, but the online space looks a little bit different. And, and sometimes small business owners can be like, oh, that's your sweet little hobby. And it's like, well, it's paying my mortgage. And so I needed to find someone who had navigated this online space and building a business and what softwares do I need and how do I handle accounting and hey I brought in x amount but I paid out 70 percent to an affiliate that's not normal for you know a small local business how do I track that and so when I was getting started I, I just didn't know what I was doing so I looked around for a voice of guidance in my life and really Amber and Ann my virtual mentors who have become, you know, people I talk to weekly and go see in person sometimes, but our day to day is over the internet. And so I found them at about the same time. And just, I have said, I think these are my girls. I'm, as I kind of talk about in the book, sometimes finding a mentor can be like dating. So you kind of get connected with someone and you're like, maybe not the right fit, but I got connected with them and was like, okay, I don't, I don't need to hop around mentors or do the shiniest new mentor every season. I really like their values. They're aligned with how I want to build my business. Their, their lives outside of business are aligned with my values. And I really want that holistic approach to the business I build. And so I will pay them for their input in my life because this is what they do for their job and I need to block their calendar off to invest in me and I will do it. And it, I mean, I, I think my business doubled that first year working with both of them. And I, I say that because that was really scary for me, you know, finding a virtual mentor and one that I paid for simultaneously. I was used to looking around at someone already in my life. And so that was a big leap for me. Um, but I think the reward was worth the risk and um, it doesn't have to feel depersonalized, unpersonal, impersonal might be the correct grammar, <laughs> um, but just because they're virtual or you met them online, like you can personalize that relationship. So I think any hesitation someone might have, I promise it can be just as personal as someone you meet for coffee. Well, and I feel like right now, for many of us, we can't actually totally. meet anybody physically anyway. So totally. this is, I can be your virtual mentor. We could live down the street from each other. Um, I just love what you were sharing there. And I, I cannot help but think back to one of the women who deeply impacted my life as I felt God. I mean, it's interesting because I had this moment, I call it my burning bush moment, where really God called me to write and speak. It was this really pivotal moment. And so rather than becoming a published author or um, getting up on a stage to speak, he brought me a decluttering expert. And I was like, what? And it was this uh, woman online who helped me get my house in order. 
And when I look back, that was like three years ago, um, I look back at what was being, um, was happening in my life is that in order to actually live out the things that God has for me, the things that I'm doing right now, that are a lot of various different things, I had to learn to get my life in order. Like my, my house was a bomb. And so I love that sometimes that shortcut doesn't always look like the thing we want it to be. Do you know what I mean? And so it was like, that was just a foundation that needed to be set was, hey, we're, first of all, I'm gonna teach you how to really function in your life well. And then I'm gonna start like bringing these other people along to start doing this other thing. And so mentors can come for sure in all of these different um, shapes and sizes. Now, I wanna ask you um, just how does somebody, so we know we've talked about this paid thing, um, which maybe something in my case came, came across my way of probably a Facebook ad similar to some of yours. Um, and I knew it was something to step forward into for somebody who feels like they have that nudge for somebody personally, like somebody who's in their life, how would you encourage somebody to go about starting that more intentional relationship with them, more of an intentional mentorship? How would you encourage people to start that? Yeah. So I, you know, I remember I use Harriet as this example a lot. She's in chapter like five. She really modeled a life I wanted um, without sounding like a weirdo. Um, but I remember, I'm actually going to visit her daughter this week. I remember just being at her house. Her son was one of my best friends in high school. So a lot of nights spent in her driveway, bonus room, kitchen table. And then her daughter was one of my young life girls. So I had a good eight year stretch around her kitchen table. And I'd say somewhere in that second half of those eight years, I, I was just like, man, she has a connected marriage. Her kids enjoy being at her house. Like we're always hanging out here and she has a lot of friends and I just feel peace when I walk into her house. I can't really put, these are not hard skills of like, teach me business strategy. These are soft skills that build a really meaningful, beautiful life. And so I just knew how I felt when I walked into her home or when I was around her. And I also like to highlight her as an example too, because I think out of everyone, she would have been like, what? I'm not like trying to lead a Bible study. Why are you asking me to be a mentor? You know? And so uh, she just invited people to the tablescape of her life and, and modeled what health looked like. And so I noticed this, I wanted more of it again, without being a weirdo, I am never advocating for someone to be a stage five clinger and go try to make a carbon copy of someone else's life. But if you, if you look around you and say, I like how I feel when I'm with them and they're a few steps ahead of me, I, I might be able to glean some wisdom from them. Ask them to coffee. I, I passed Harriet at a cookout and said, Hey, would you want to get coffee? Maybe once or twice a month, my treat, you know, um, and I think it was a little awkward. I, I could feel her hesitance of like, but why? <laughs> um, not because she didn't want to invest in me, but because she probably didn't see herself in that role. And I just said, I, you know, in, in as normal of words as I could put it, I just really love how I feel when I'm at your house. I like the life you've cultivated. I want to learn from women who I see modeling the life I want as I get older. And so I don't have any expectations. I think mapping out your expectations can be help, helpful for a mentor. Um, I don't have any tangible expectations that you teach me one specific thing. I just want to meet you for coffee, 
coffee. And then on top of just asking and putting yourself out there, even when it's awkward, I think it is important for, for you to be intuitive and to read the room with your personality and with your mentor's personality. So I'm a pretty like fluid conversationalist. I don't need it to be boiled down into three main talking points. And most of the mentors I chose didn't need that either. But if you have a super type A mentor, they might want you to come to your time together with your three questions mapped out. And so just knowing who they are and what their preferences are and what your preferences would be for you to felt like your needs are met in the relationship. I use this example from a peer in the book that was a situation of total mis-expectations. They're my best friends. And I thought, I'm a person who has no expectations ever. Like I love without strings attached. I'm so nice. And we get to Colorado and they ask, you know, hey, we're going to be doing ministry together. It's not normal to ask your friends what your expectations of the relationship are, but we had just moved there. They were slammed. We were going to be helping with their church. And so they're like, what are your expectations now that we're kind of bleeding friendship and ministry together? And I was like, none, I love with no strings attached. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We hear that all the time. And they're like, okay. And I, I really was like, no, no, no expectations. We're just here to be here until my expectations that I didn't even know I had were missed. Um, and so I was so crushed and so disappointed, but it wasn't on them. It was on me. I didn't communicate my expectations. And I think if you're trying to figure out what your expectations would be for a mentor, look back to a time that your expectations were kind of crushed and you felt hurt. Like, oh, were they late every time we met? Maybe you value timeliness. Did they never respond to you until like, five minutes before you actually met, maybe that's an expectation. If you look at those disappointments, I think it's a helpful exercise in any part of life. You'll probably be able to see what you actually want out of a relationship. Well, I love that. First of all, I love, as you started with the Harriet story, just that you weren't super weird and like, dear Harriet, would you please... (laughs) For the unforeseeable future, be my mentor. You were just like, want to grab coffee? Like that's a super normal thing to say. And then I love that you said, my treat, right? And again, there, you kind of had this expectation of like, I want to learn from you. So I'm actually, again, that's kind of the that beginning part of like, I'm going to pay for it. Like, I'm going to treat you well. And I've had people do that with me where you're like, oh, okay. And just for everyone listening, most people, again, unless they are feeling like they're in a season where they're super slammed, Most people do actually want to share what they've learned with you. Sometimes it's just about how you approach them. And so again, uh, Kelsey shares this in her book, but I'm going to share it here. Uh, That message of, can I pick your brain? What that sends to people is that idea of, I just want to take from you, but the offer of, can we grab a coffee that I could buy? I'd love to learn from you. Like there's just a different posture as you ask. And so being okay to say, like, somebody might say, you know what, I don't have time in this season. So you can put it on a shelf and maybe ask them again later on, if you want to learn from a particular person about a particular thing. Um, And then I love that you were also, Kelsey, sharing about the, the expectations you didn't realize you had. And like you said, this is not just a mentor thing. This is a life thing. And so often we get in trouble. I actually find that's a great exercise when it comes to extended family and the holidays or a vacation is actually laying out and saying to everybody, Hey, what would be a win for you? What's your one win? 
um, and getting everybody to think about what their expectations are because you get to the end of the vacation, end of the holiday, whatever it is, and somebody has their nose at a joint because they didn't get to do X, Y, and Z, but they never, ever told you. And so I think um, we all have expectations, even if we don't, we're not aware of it. <laughs> so getting, you know, it, and in friendship as well, right? That I, I know I've had, I've been so let down by friends and it has simply been my inability to communicate expectations well. And so I had a, sorry. I had a friend the other day that said, Hey, I want to support you during your book launch. I am in a season of life launching a business with a newborn, two toddlers, but I need you to tell me exactly what you need. Do you need me to leave a review? I'll do it. But I would not think of it because my brain is fried at the end of every day. So just tell me what you need. And I'm like, thank you. You're right. Of course, you're not able to think of that right now. You have no margin in your day, but you do want to rally for me. You just need it spelled out. And, and with so many, especially if you have a variety of friends who, or mentors whose personalities are a bit different than you, they are certainly not going to arrive at the same conclusions you are. You know, when we moved to Colorado and had those missed expectations, that is one of my best friends on the planet and we could not be more opposite. So she cannot read my mind. (laughs) And so, um, it's just helpful to know, like, a lot of the time it's not personal. People just want to know your expectations. They're net people. Most people do not have it out to just hurt your feelings or to create feelings of rejection or um, disappointment. They, they want to support you. They just need to know how. Totally. And I think, you know, we often, um, we, we often do assume that people have an understanding of of what we expect. And when they do not deliver, we can be crushed. That's actually, I think one of the main reasons people often abandon a friendship is a miscommunication or a missed expectation when sometimes it's actually being brave enough to even have that conversation after the fact and say, Hey, I was really hurt by this. And nine times out of the 10, the person is probably like, Oh, I, I had no idea. And so I think if you are listening and you're in that place of pain, I've, I have had that awkward conversation so many times. And I will tell you the anticipation of that conversation is way worse than the actual conversation itself. Especially if you go into it without attacking language, you just go in saying, Hey, I think maybe this is what happened here. And so I'm just hoping we can like, you know, you go in with the goal of reconciliation and understanding, not the goal of winning or being right or something, because mm-hmm. that also will kind of go sideways. But um, <laughs> whether, whether it's mentorship or, you know, friendship, I mean, they're all, they can get really uh, deeply connected. I totally agree, man. The, anticip- the anticipation <laughs> can be so much worse or so much better than the, um, you know, I the same with vacation. Sometimes the buildup is just as exciting as the vacation, but with hard conversations, that anticipation is way worse than the actual conversation itself. So um, one thing I want to ask you about is, um, especially as you and I both have this history of being young life leaders. And again, so we have, let's just actually go there for a second. Cause I, I want to get to boundaries and burnout, which we'll get there, but I actually want to just for you to explain a little bit about kind of like what young life is and what that actually looks like to be a young life leader, because that really is a mentorship relationship for teenagers. And if you're a parent listening, 
right now and you have teenagers and you're like, oh my goodness, my kids no longer listen to me. I just want to say that's normal. That is totally normal. One of the best things you can do speaking as a high school teacher and, and an old young life leader, one of the best, best things you can do is get them connected with some sort of mentor a few years ahead of them who is living a pretty solid life. They're never going to be perfect, but um, whether that's through young life or youth group or something, I think that's just such a good thing. So Kelsey, tell me about it. Man, well, Young Life, it's so fun to have these shared experiences to talk about on here with Young Life and to talk about the camps and all the fun places you get to go with your, I've been all over the country with my Young Life girls. And so um, I got involved in Young Life when I was a teenager. I was 14. You're in the throes of identity work. Often, you know, you've got family heartache going on. I mean, it is such a formative season of life and I really needed a lifeline. I needed someone who was a few steps ahead of me. That was something between a mom, sister, and friend. They kind of had the, I respected her like I would a parent. You know, I wanted her input like a parent. I was blunt like a sister and comfortable like a friend. And so it was truly the best of all worlds. I think that's the beauty of a high schooler having a mentor. And for me, it was such a dark season. And I, I describe Emily, she's in chapter three, I'm just like a, a big lighthouse in the middle of a dark season pointing me in the right direction. And so she came into my life in such a formative, such a formative season and just walked with me. She did do Bible studies with me, but I'll be super honest. I remember her consistency more than her Bible study, which is the lesson for all mentors out there of like, of course, you might have specific lessons you want to teach your mentee, but your presence and showing up and your consistency will probably be your shining aspect. Um, that's sometimes the most meaningful part of a relationship, which takes the pressure off of like, oh, I don't have to get it right every time or dole out this profound wisdom. I just have to be present. And so Emily was that for me, always giving me advice that pointed me back to Jesus and pointing me back to pointing me back to my identity. Uh, but she was just present through through my dark season. She was in college. She was figuring out her own stuff too. We talked about this the other day. She's like, girl, I did not have it figured out. And so um she was just so impactful in my life that when I got to college, I was like, I want to do this. You know, like I was so tremendously impacted by her presence that I knew I wanted to be a leader. And it was a really special leadership experience for me because something happened where a leader left midway through a year and I actually got all of my best friend's little sisters. Um, so about about 30% of the, the girls I had, I already knew, um, from just being at their house on weekends. And so that was, we kind of went in like with a, a foundation that fast tracked our relationship. And I think we had such a special relationship. I mean, some of these girls are my best friends now. And so, um, I just had this really, I think unique experience. I'd take like 40 girls to camp on weekends. And so I had this, really fun experience leading girls. And I remember 
you know, that first six months of it being bright eyed and so fun and easy. Every hangout was so fun and easy, but then it got painful. Then I realized, oh, leadership can be painful. This costs you something when they're being little teenage brats and it's not convenient to lead them that day. Or you're supposed to make them a bunch of food and you have $2 in your college bank account. <laughs> and um, I, I just, I learned that through loving them that I wasn't just there to teach them. I learned so much in that process as well. Um, it's a, it really is a mutually beneficial relationship. And, and God taught me a, a lot about what it looks like to love when it costs something when I was in that role and to stick, stick hard seasons out, which honestly served as a good lesson for all my relationships in life that often on the other side of the storm, there's a depth that's there that wouldn't have been there had you not stuck it out. And so it's just really special to watch them grow into women during, you know, their 14 to 18 years, but to still be invited into their life, you know, now when I'm 31 and they're 27, you know, when they come to me for the big stuff, 13 years later, how cool. Um, it's a privilege. And so that's been my experience with Young Life, both on the receiving end and the giving end. And it's been really pivotal. Pivotal. I mean, some days I'm like, I think I want to go be a Young Life leader again. <laughs> you could. I know some. <laughs> um, I love that. I love that um, both in Young Life and sometimes in just, you know, mentorship roles in general, it's the person may graduate from high school, but the relationship doesn't end. And I have the same with some of my young life girls as well. And it's like, yeah, we, um, I mean, sometimes in my mind, I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're still 15. I'm like, but you've you have a few kids now and you know, you're in your thirties. Um, so yeah, I do. I do love that those, those relationships don't necessarily end. Um, well, yeah. And my girls are still, I really consider them my peers now because all the time I meet friends that are four years older or four years younger totally. and there doesn't feel like a huge, like I'm their mentor or mentee. We're just meeting in life. That happens as you get older. But because we started out in that format, they still come to me for the big things. And they took a trip in the fall to visit the girls I'm visiting now, but I got COVID so couldn't go okay. and had to cancel two days before. And they called the trip, where's my leader <laughs> the whole time. Oh, that's awesome. Um, now I want to talk about, cause that's all of the like beautiful parts of mentorship and walking alongside people throughout their life. What have you had to learn when it comes to boundaries as well as burnout? Cause sometimes we can be in a place, I know this can happen in ministry, but also just in life in general, um, where we're always giving and pouring out and we can kind of reach the reach that place of burnout so talk to me a little bit about boundaries and burnout well this is the lesson that I had to learn the 10-year way <laughs> so I you know I really didn't implement the concept of boundaries into my life till I was 29 so two years ago and I thought it was nice to be an unboundary person um quote unquote nice and I think in ministry we do that a lot like be available. Your life is your ministry. And it's like, yeah, but I want to do this for 60 years and there's no way I can be available constantly for 60 years. So I might need to set up some boundaries so that I can do this with longevity. At the end of the day, not being available constantly might lead to a few disappointments along the way. Oh, I missed something because I was unavailable, but 
I'll be able to serve that person I'm investing in much longer if I set myself up to not burn out. And so I think boundaries create longevity in anything you do, whether it's your career, whether it's your family, whether it's your friendships, mentoring relationships. And I really did learn that the hard way. I remember um, Catherine, one of my mentors, I talk about looking at me and saying, Kelsey, so you're going to drive an hour and a half to meet with this new person who moved to Denver that someone connected you with on Instagram because they have a friend who moved to Denver. So she feels loved. And I was like, yeah, like she's new to the city and she needs, I just want her to feel welcome and loved. And she's like, do you have capacity to maintain that friendship beyond that coffee date? And I was like, no, not at all. Like I, I literally don't have any time to even spend with my husband at the end of the day. And she was like, so do you think you could be sending mixed signals and it's not your responsibility to make that person feel loved? And can you trust that someone else will come in to make them feel loved? And I was like, you're right. And I felt really guilty for not driving to Denver to make this stranger feel loved. But by setting that boundary, I could, could continue to show up in the people I'd already committed to. And that those little lessons like that were hard for me to learn because sometimes I'd bypass it and do it anyways, but then be so stretched then that I was mad at the world and showing up to no relationship with my best. (laughs) And so it's like, also say you're investing in 10 people in your life. That's like a mix of your family. Maybe you're you're married, your partner, a few best friends and a mentee or two when you start adding 20 and 30 people to your plate, you can't show up to any of those relationships well. And so at some point you're going to have to set some boundaries to the extent that you let people into your life, not because you want to cut people out, but because you want to serve the people you say yes to well. And so sometimes a no in one area means a yes in the most important area. And that, that has been a really hard lesson. And it's, It has come at the expense of my body breaking down and me being in bed at four every day because it hurt all over from stress and over extension and over commitment. I'm a person that like when I'm in something, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it right. And so when I launched my business, 80 hour work weeks, when I was a young life leader, I was doing that 30 hours a week, you know, like I, that isn't the right way, but that's kind of the story I tell myself, like. I'm going to do it to the fullest extent, but then I burn out and I'm exhausted and have to take a long break. And it's like, oh, maybe if I would have just paced myself, I could have not had to take this long break and I could have done this with longevity. (laughs) And so I'm still in it. I'm still learning that one, but it's a big one for me. It's probably my life lesson. I'll keep learning over and over again, but hopefully with not such high stakes every time I have to relearn it. Well, I love that. First of all, you're, you're just going with some of like who you have been created to be. And you're just, it just gets pushed to that extreme, right? Where you're like, I'm all in. Um, I think on the flip side, there can be some people who either have, I know for myself, you know, I probably have a similar, similar story of some of the um, saying yes, being available, zero boundaries and burnout. And I remember, um, the summer after my husband and I got married and it had been such a taxing season and we were kind of had this basement suite where we were living. And I remember it really just being on the couch many days. And I was like, what is wrong with me? And I think it was that I had just stopped for the first time. And my body was like, we can't actually do anything else for a while. And I was like, I'm 25 years old and I am like incapacitated. Like I can't do anything. And so 
we really had to learn painfully. Uh, we actually have a podcast episode of work-life balance. Um, we had to go through a really hard season of a, we had no boundaries for the first five years, having kids definitely forced us into a lot of hard conversations and a lot of work-life balance. And really, as you'd hear in that particular podcast episode, um, it was this encounter with God where, um, he really convicted my husband of what was happening in our family relationship because of the lack of boundaries. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, there can be a fear that happens though, if you, especially if you've walked through a place of burnout or not having boundaries, where then you automatically want to say no to people, or you don't want to invest in others because you're afraid of what it's going to take. And so for those people listening who are like, yeah, I think I hear what you're saying. I feel like I maybe need some people in my life either to pour into or um, be poured into, or maybe you need a little bit of both. What would you say to that person who kind of feels like I'm afraid to um, open myself up or to get pour myself out? What would you say to those people? Yeah, I think that's a really natural feeling, especially if you've either been there, like you, you have overextending yourself and you're never willing to go back to that place. Cause that's me. Like, I don't want to get to a place where I'm in bed at four again <laughs> at, you know, that was at like 27 and my body hurt all over. I'm like, what's wrong. I was getting tested for chronic illnesses, serious things, all stress, all stress induced. And so I totally know what it feels like to be like, I'm never going to go back there again. That, that is a non-negotiable in my life. Not because I not because I am closed off to people, but because that's healthy for me to never be back in that season. Or you're an introvert and you're like, okay, I'm not an all in girl. I'm an all out. I what I am a Jomo type of person, joy of missing out. Um, I think for those listeners, just know that like some of the most impactful mentors for me were someone who met once a quarter and you do not have to be available 24 seven to create impact in someone's life. And I would actually argue that that requires a level of trust that and lack of codependency that it's not all on you anyways. Like, I think the beauty in a mentoring relationship is to trust that it's not all on you. And I've certainly been in seasons where I thought it was, but that is codependency. That's not true. It's God, I can trust that God will bring other people into their lives to also walk with them or he'll speak directly to them. And so maybe once a quarter is all you've got or twice a year, but you can make it count. And I think it's not about quantity. It's about quality. And it's okay if you're in a season because you have three toddlers and you're like, there's no way I could get out for a coffee date at 10 a.m. in the middle of a day with a college student. That is fair. My young life leader and I were just talking about that in the season. And she had to say, okay, it actually grieves me to not be able to be in, in some of these girls' lives on the reg, like I used to be, but you can come over to my house at about seven 30, be with me and the kids. I'll put them down and then we'll have eight to nine. And then your girl's going to bed at nine. Cause she's tired. Yeah. So just adapting it to the season of life and, and trusting that it's a season, you're going to have seasons where you can give more and then seasons where you can give less. I don't have kids yet. And I know I will grieve when I can be less available to friends. Um, because that's such a bright spot of my life, but that will change because at some point you've got to keep this tiny human alive. And so I just use the kids example because it's so easy. Um, but we all 
have different seasons of availability and that's normal and it's not forever. And, and you can trust that the seeds you do sow, no matter how much quantity that is, will be, you know, watered and blossom and will blossom into something beautiful over time. Yeah. Well, I love that you shared about that idea of having sort of some boundaries right at the offset of that idea. And we've had that with people before we've, um, in the last while, I remember we invited um, pre-COVID um, a couple over um, probably for like a, a lunch date or something like, like come hang out for lunch. And I think they were still there at dinner. And I was like, oh, this is a bit long. Um, and, and so I think from that moment on, I was like, hey, to my husband, we, when we ask people over, maybe we should just be really clear on what that end point is as well or what do we need to do just to make sure otherwise it leaves me with the feeling of I don't know if I want to do that again because that that really you know especially if you are an introvert or you're feeling like your time is limited so I really like that you said like we can meet once a quarter or um I've I've invited people over and we're like come hang out until nine and that is yes. the, you know what I mean and so there is that kind of clear expectation uh we often have had this thing where again, pre-COVID, we could go out on dates uh, where we had babysitters um, that we knew and loved and they would hang out for quite a while afterwards. Um, but I will say this, it wasn't like a, this is a huge pain. Sometimes you'd be like, oh, it's midnight, I have to go to bed. Um, you have to leave. But um, <laughs> I think what I realized in it too was like, this, this is actually a window of mentorship as well. Like this is a window of sharing and what does it look like to just, um, in some ways not that's, that's, I think part of this identifying the moment and saying like, oh, this is actually an opportunity here. It's not official. It's not on paper, but it's a moment where there's a person here who says, I actually want to learn a little bit from you just watching your lives. Very similar to the, um, each of the chapters in Kelsey's book really have a title with a, uh, a name of a woman who's impacted her life. And I really loved the um, Harriet woman, because she was the woman that um, Kelsey already mentioned. She was hanging out at Harriet's house as a teenager and then as a young life leader. And I definitely have some of those women in my life. And I feel like I, many ways I've been that woman where you probably the reason Harriet was so surprised when Kelsey said, let's grab a coffee is like she said, Harriet was just living her life. She wasn't like, here I am trying to be, you know, put on a show for these people. But it was like, I'm, I'm living out my life. I'm living out my giftings. And I think for many women listening, you're feeling like, I don't, I don't have anything special to offer. I don't have these special skills. I don't have these. And I will say this, there are women who are in their early twenties who are living on their own, who are like, I don't know how to cook. I need somebody just to show me some of the basics. And I used to have these young life leaders who'd be over and they'd be like, Oh, what, what are you making right now? Can you show us how to do this? And I was like, let's do a freezer meal night or something where we can actually learn some of these things that are coming more naturally to me now that they have not um, learned before. So I think there is opportunity totally. for spontaneous moments like that. I, I, my, my young life leader actually reference the babysitter at the end of the night too, that she gets to invest in literally last week. And I will say, I talk a lot about that with Lucy. I was her nanny and I didn't think when I was taking a job nannying that it would be life-changing. I was like, cool, here's some cash and I can sit on their couch and he's 12. So he's kind of doing his own thing and it's great. 
But then I got deeply connected both with their son, John Ross, and Lucy and Warren, and just loved sitting at the counter at the end of the day and just chatting for 20 minutes. Um, and that was mentorship in my life. They were in my life for five years, you know, pretty much every day. And some days were rushed and they're like, hey, we got to head right out the door to baseball. And some days we're like, let's chat. And so that compounds big time over time. And that was an opportunity probably in a really busy, busy season of all of their lives. I don't think they had time to get coffee dates with someone, but they had time to chat with me at the end of the day. And, and I so deeply resonated to you there with your babysitters. I think if you're the person that is, has a hard time with boundaries, make a joke out of it and be like, Whoa, girl, I love hanging out. We gotta, I gotta get, I gotta put myself to bed. I'm cutting myself off. Um, I often go to a massage with AirPods now and make a joke right at the beginning and say, I'm putting my AirPods in because I have zero boundaries and we'll talk your ear off the whole time. And I annoy myself because otherwise I will talk the whole time to, because I, I want them to think that I'm not ignoring them and they actually don't really care. So I just make a joke about myself and it goes a long way. I love that. Well, I love, I love knowing what you need and um, actually making that happen for you. Uh, the very last thing I want to talk about is you cover a few times in your book about how, yes, some uh, mentors are kind of seasonal and come and go, and the, the, but then there also is value in having people who know us and who can um, walk with us in the highs and the lows. You have this quote that I really love. It said, Uh, If there's one person we all need in life, it's someone who keeps showing up and pointing us back to the truth of who we are. And I thought that was so beautiful and that we can have that in, um, I think that is actually the gift in being able to have some of those, what I call crucial conversations, where in every relationship we have in our life, we are going to have miscommunication. We are going to have missed expectations. We're going to have people hurt us. And so what does it look like to keep on? I know um, I have a best friend of 30 years. We were chatting on the phone the other day and we're like, this is so, one of the things that makes this unusual is that most of our time together has been living in different cities. And this is pre-FaceTime, pre-internet. And we actually don't get to connect that much. And I joked, I was like, maybe that's why we have such a strong friendship. But um but there are times where I, I know that I've said things that have hurt her. I know that she's missed expectations for me. And there's been times where I've been like, well, I'm, I'm giving up on this friendship, right? Like I've had those things and I've had to pause for a moment and go like, do you, do you really want to give up the 20 year friendship, the 25 year friendship? The 30? Like, no, I actually don't. I don't want to do that. So there's, there may be something here, either that I need to communicate well with that person or um, resolve. But I just thought, that's one of the people in my life who can say, this is who you are. Um, and you chat even at, uh, in another place where you see, um, you talk about replacing the lies with the truth. Don't we all need someone to do this for us from time to time? I know that without the women in my life standing in the gap, fighting for me to become the best version of myself, I would not be the woman I am today. They kept me from being swindled into believing the lies the enemy tried to con us into. And um, I think that is actually one of the beautiful parts of mentorship really is that there are, we are inviting someone to know us fully and be able to speak the truth of who we are, who we've been created to be, 
remind us in our deepest, darkest, lowest moments of who God has created us to be, to call up the gold in us as you talk about. That's one of my favorite phrases. And so um, that's my hope for women who are listening today, that they would um, recognize those women in their lives who have, have played that role and that they would continue to play that role in other people's lives as well. Oh, well, thank you. What a fun conversation. And thank you for recognizing, you know, the value of mentorship for, for inviting people into your own life. I mean, I feel like together we can, together as women, we can change the world and men too. Um, but by just investing in one another, Jesus had 12 disciples. He was not spending day to day, not that I'm Jesus or any of us are Jesus, but like he modeled that like, investing in 12 people intentionally over a whole lifetime goes a long way. And so, um, I am just so thankful to have this conversation with you today. It was so good. So good. Well, Kelsey, where can people find you and where can they find your book? Um, Kels Chapman on Instagram. That's where the party's at. And KelseyChapman.com has my book, but it's at Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Target, all the places, all the places. Thank you. And I love your accent and your laugh. I'm sure you're like, <laughs> I like your accent, um, but that's my goal now. I'm just going to get people like from the South just to be on the podcast. I can't ditch it. It's who I am. <laughs> oh, it's good. Okay, thank you, Kelsey. Can I just say thank you for listening? This space has been incredibly encouraging for me this past year. And as I am being deeply encouraged by these conversations, I trust you are as well. And I'm not going to ask you to rate the show or subscribe but I am going to ask if while you were listening today, a friend popped into your mind and you thought, hmm, I think they could use this encouragement. Can I ask you to share this episode with them, with one person? When I listen to podcasts on my phone, there are three little dots at the bottom right, and I click there to share. Also, can I say sometimes I don't share with others as I'm worried about what they'll think of me if they think I'm bugging them by sharing something, but when someone shares something with me, I am never bothered. Often it is the exact thing I needed to hear. So if someone popped into your mind, click those three little dots and share this encouraging conversation with them. And thank you for listening to Ready to Thrive.